Hello and welcome to Mooney's Never Say Die Hard is a Christmas Movie. We want you to know that Kevin and Chez believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie and we don't know what those Moonies are talking about. Hi, Chez. Hi, Kevin. I like how we've somehow separated ourselves from our own podcast. <laughs> We're now enemies with ourselves, which is a little bit on brand, but still. Yeah, it feels right. It does. No, I, I think otherwise we would have felt awkward if we were feeling too good about ourselves. Yeah, we've had yeah. too good of a run up to this point. <laughs> Time for some turmoil, some inner turmoil. It's been gold until this very moment, <laughs> and now it's time to tarnish our image. See, gold tarnish. Ha ha. See, oh, now I feel good. embarrassed. I said that. See, I brought us down further. We're good. <laughs> we have a guest intern today because Kiki didn't want to show up to do her job. That is true. Her sister Lilo showed up. Lilo's a little more persnickety. Lilo has now also walked off to be asleep. So Kevin and I are very good at hiring people. God, just but like any Hallmark like holiday film. We're going to end this podcast with us finding new careers and ourselves. <laughs> We're in a real fool me thrice situation. And pretty <laughs> soon, it's going to be our fault that we don't have good interns. I like, you know, by around 11 or 12, yeah. we have to start looking at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until that moment, it's society at large. Anyway, happy holidays. Oh, happy holidays. Today's movie is A Christmas Frequency on Hulu, starring Denise Richards, who played Christmas Jones, I believe, in The World Is Not Enough. Dr. So Christmas a, Jones. Dr. Yeah, I did not mean to yeah. remove her title because, you know, she's got the thing on the wall. You want to make sure you, you acknowledge it. Uh, do we remember what kind of doctor she was? Wasn't she a nuclear physicist? I think so, because internist just seems a little odd for that. Yeah, movie. I think she was a nuclear physicist. <laughs> that would have been a, a pediatrics. <laughs> I'm not sure how Bond, nothing gets pediatric. I'm not sure. Yeah, Anesthesiologist. Bond. Someone's got to go down, got to be made asleep at some point. Bond yeah. had like a really bad splinter and she was his podiatrist. And that's, that's the only that connection. Or there's that 15 minute colonoscopy scene. <laughs> anyway, our podcast about Pierce Brosnan era of James Bond will continue after these messages. By the way, you could sponsor us. Holiday sponsor, maybe a little late in the game, but then again, it's only oh. December 4th, but it's December 4th for us. This will be a December 8th broadcast. This year is going, everyone says this year goes fast. Everyone says every year goes fast, but it's it's all so much, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll all be over soon? It'll, it'll be, we wake up tomorrow, it's Christmas by mid-afternoon tomorrow, it's 2065, the sky is orange, it's going to be we... great. We established in the first couple of episodes that there's not going to be a 2065 chess. Oh, 2040. 2040. 2040. So to Gen Z and Gen Alpha, I'm sorry. Just get it in. Just get Enjoy that life yourself. in. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to do a podcast. We knew we only had 17 more years. We're doing it, people. Live your dream. And if there's nothing you don't get from these Hallmark-like Christmas movies, it is live your dream. It's yeah. follow your heart. It's in this one, oddly enough, maybe don't live your professional dream because it gets away of following your heart. It's a very odd lesson we're going to pick up on this. And today's movie is A Christmas Frequency, as we discussed, not the Christmas Frequency. What, I can't it is hear a you. curious it's choice that this is very centered on a radio show. This is an oddly at times an out of time movie. Yeah, because it did come out in like a week this and year? a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, this this is this is new. And it's just, I'm going to say this is the most I've learned about the radio industry since the movie Private Parts. 
I can't imagine that the radio industry works the way this works. <laughs> no, God, no. I, it's, I mean, this it's, isn't a, this isn't a case of a write what you know. I don't think. I think this was. She knows how to write a holiday movie because the main star about, of this film wrote this film. Yeah, the main actress who plays Kenzie. Yeah, she wrote it, and that's yeah. awesome. She definitely can write a Christmas movie because she wrote two others that got made this year. We're not doing those, but the she two did. others that got made this year. Yeah. Yeah. But she's been involved in a whole bunch of other Christmas movies. This but, she she is her own industry. But I don't think she's ever been around a radio station. Not that yeah. I have to. I mean, I guess I also don't know. But it just feels very. I've fresh. gone to radio stations for interviews. It doesn't seem to work like this. But I'm not in the inner workings. I will say, hearing about radio station, it was such a quaint way about radio stations. It was either this movie was either going to be about radio stations or we're going to hear Arbitron numbers for Scrimshaw. There was just something out of time, but there's a out of time feeling, even though you see a lot of text bubbles, which is not as cinematically exciting as maybe they thought it was. It used to be. It used to be. But, you know, it used to be when you have the floating text and you have the moving screens and it's Minority Report. That's not happening here. <laughs> minority Report was like the first iPad. Remember? Yeah, sure. It was yeah. also the first Hogwarts newspaper, if you think about it. The Minority Report Hogwarts newspaper had a lot more murder. There was no murder in this in this movie. No, now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> <laughs> there are no villains in this movie. That's true. Now we we at the end we do our hallmarks of a hallmark movie to see if it hits the tropes. But one of the tropes of a hallmark movie, in the end, even though a lot of them have the asshole boyfriend that they break up with, in the end, that boyfriend is always happy for our heroine. And it's not like he gets his own relationship, but he's happy because this these movies, and this is perfectly fine, are wish fulfillment. You get what you want. You've bothered no one. Yeah. So as we always say, we do not come to, we do not watch these films to bury them. We don't also come to immediately praise them. No. We come because it's like, we just want to see if we have a good time and if it succeeds at what it set out to do. And this film does succeed at what it sets out to do. So what is this about? Christmas Frequency is about, this is where I go to my, but is about station WKPC, which we learn is in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which I did not know given the shots I saw. I thought it was actually just Canadian tax breakville. <laughs> but as we discussed before, we're not, they keep saying Ann Arbor. They don't say Michigan. So this could be yeah, Ann Arbor. Yeah, it might not be. Yeah, we this think, be we think Ar Michigan yeah. when we hear Ann Arbor, but yeah. it could have just been This Ann could Arbor. be Ann Arbor, Manitoba. Wyoming. I don't know. We'll bring yeah. Wyoming back. Manitoba, Wyoming, we got it. We got, I got, got to, got to win Wyoming back. Yeah. We lost them last time. WKPC, their lead show, Breakfast with Brooke, is in a bit of a slump. That's because, Bre that's because Brooke herself is in a bit of a slump. She's recently separated by her husband, who we lovingly see in the most spectacular photos that we'll get to in a moment. And there's a chance that she's going to lose her job. Now, her producer, the main star of this, who wrote the script, is worried because she doesn't want to lose her job. So she just wants to cheer up her boss. So she comes up with a wonderful idea. Set her boss on blind dates. And then whoever is the best guy gets to take her to the Christmas soiree, which apparently is the event of the season and the only thing this radio station lives for. This radio station is highly Christmas focused. I don't know what it does 11 months out of the year. I mean, the Christmas soiree was attended by tens of people. <laughs> tens of people. Anyway, at the same time, Kenzie, her producer, the main star of this film, has had a meet cute with Ben. Ben works at the, he doesn't work at the office, he works in the same building at a publication, online publication called Topline. 
And so she's falling and they're falling for each other. But being the Shakespearean romantic comedy that this is, there's misunderstanding, there's communication. Oddly enough, there's no gender swapping, which would have fulfilled all the elements of that. And then Ben ends up being one of the people for the blind date for her boss. Ben ends up being the one everyone loves for the boss. But as these things go, everything works out in the end. Everyone falls for who they're supposed to be. Everyone cheers. And I mean that. The entire cast of this movie stands up (laughs) and applauds. This Mm -hmm. cast is applauding themselves in their own movie because two people kissed. That actually only happens in movies. Have you ever seen two? I've seen people propose in the street and -hmm. people do applaud. But when people kiss, aside from maybe when that sailor dipped the woman at the end, you know, (laughs) VE day, and that was posed anyway, I don't see that. But, you know, that's part of the magic of I'd Magic. like to think that somewhere in one of the 50 Ann Arbors in this country. <laughs> that, it's like Springfield. Yeah. There's one in every state. Yeah, That there are people applauding love. I would like to think that too. Yeah. So if you're in love, applaud yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Articulate your arm as to, tap, as to pat your own back. Just, you did good. And if you're not in love, you'll be fine. There's 2024. Nothing wrong is going to happen in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's all over in 2040 anyway. So that is the plot of the movie. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Take care. (laughs) Next week, we'll be discussing. Listen, the reason we're going to give you the ending is because you're going to see the ending. Yeah. That's the ending's not even trying to second guess a film like this is not why you watch this. No, this is giving you the ending you want from the beginning. Yeah. They need you need a couple of bumps in the road. But I mean, Kenzie's going to get with Ben. Kenzie's going to get with Ben. Brooke's going to get back with her husband, Todd. Yeah. Maya and Liam, who we haven't even discussed, are are just two unique people who had to find each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the best way we're going to phrase it. It, Everyone is perfect. Um, I think some animals may actually get together. It's going to work out fine. Because we like the thematic uh, narrative, you know, through line for our podcast. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. So we're going to bring up something that Kevin you brought up last week, and it's a mention about music in these Hallmark films. And you said like if you even hear a standard in one of these, it's not going to be Nat King Cole singing, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. It's probably going to be one of us. Yeah, it's somebody. <laughs> it's like it's the guy holding the boom mic. Yeah, like, exactly. Just go. Just a couple bars for us, buddy. Sing sing whatever Christmas song you know the lyrics, and we find out yeah. the only song they know the lyrics to is Backdoor Santa. Try something <laughs> else. Something else. But a lot of times what you get are original Christmas songs. Original Christmas songs, like the ones here, that we can't Google or Shazam at all. No. They do not exist except within the world of this movie. And once you shut off the movie, it doesn't. It, it's, it's not a little kind of horror film. It's just it does not exist except within this. I don't know why I said horror, but there's something bizarre about that. There's some horror elements to this movie, to be honest. Yeah, no, there is. And it's um, so last week, one of the songs we heard on Best Christmas Ever was Just Cancel Christmas. Not they canceled Christmas, <laughs> just cancel Christmas. Someone has had it. And yeah. that's now a holiday standard in the world of Best Christmas Ever. And it worked out perfectly because it just tied into the plot. Because, again, these worlds are very small and tidy and neat. Here, I have no idea what the title of the song is. And as we said, we can't figure out what the title of the song is. The opening song. Actually, there are several songs. No, it, I, is it the same song three or four different times? Or is it just, are they all it's, different? 
They are different, but they are not. Identical quadruplets, but you could tell one of them has a calic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's basically what we're dealing with here. This song was written like someone dropped the magnetic poetry tiles, however yeah. they fell. Especially even if they fell the wrong way facing down, because one of the lyrics is like black square, you know, but it's just... My, my, my theory was, it's like a touch a truck event. It's like <laughs> this lady, this lady had to sing about Christmas for as long as she could, longer than anybody else, and she would win a car. Because <laughs> she just, it's just nonsense Christmas. Well, it's it's like Chris. It's like you've never heard improv like this before. Yeah, that's what it is. It's an improvised yeah. Christmas song. Because the level was like when Mo and the Simpsons decided to write poetry, and it was like, "Ain't sunshine pretty? Ain't flowers stupid?" <laughs> but sure, there is a line in the opening song. This is the couplet. Everyone's laughing intensely. The mistletoe's up for romancing. <laughs> that's not even close to a near rhyme. That's a near miss. That's not even a near miss. That first line, everyone's laughing intensely. Like that's not like the world's gone mad. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone's got a rictus on their face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone later. Merry Christmas, come dance with me. There's more than presents underneath this Christmas tree. Now at least that one rhymes, but wow. She's the Christmas tree. I you know, we try <laughs> we try to run a family podcast here, people. Yeah. Especially during the holidays. But wow. Yeah, this so lady was next, singing at gunpoint. This a was Christmas gun, song. <laughs> to the point she was now singing Pantsless Christmas. <laughs> this is how it opens up. And what we do, the first person we see, which how, how you know they're the star, is Kenzie. Kenzie is the producer for Brooke, who's played by Benice Richards. Kenzie's the one who wrote this thing. And she's in a hurry. And we need to find out that she is a harried employee. So we see her eating breakfast in a rush, a bagel, which... Oddly enough, it would become far more important to this movie than you would think. To yeah. the level that it's everything, everywhere, all at once importance level of bagel. <laughs> it just ties in the universe, the bagel. In the most, I'm just saying that meme of the bagel he sends her later, Ben sends Kenzie later, where people just hold the bagels over their eyes. And I don't even know if the line was a pun or it was just like bagels over eyes. I don't yeah, know that's what really what it was. It's like, we love bagels. We I love saw bagels. this thought of you because you yeah. just told me you liked bagels. And I saw this thing that had bagels on it. So it made I me... Mean, have relationships been built on creakier foundation? No. <laughs> no way. I'm it, was, it was almost as if it was a picture of Kenzie eating a bagel. And Ben was like, this made me think of you. But it is me. The level of conversations between these two will-they-won't-they they lovebirds. I mean, really, it is a Sam and Diane level romance. Oh, yeah. But, or... I mean, Maddie and David. Maddie and on. David. Huh? I know, I know. Cheers on this podcast. We, 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 this we is gotta a moonlighting podcast that we're not going to talk about moonlighting about at all for a whole month. But but it is weird because their romance becomes the moonlight is known as the moonlighting curse. We've been told to be on alert by that by our moonlighting brethren, podcast oh, brethren. Yeah, if you would like to listen to them again, they're called the Moonlighting Podcast, and they have a new book out which is an episode guide where they go through each episode of Moonlighting. So if you'd like, you can go check that out. Yeah. There's links on their Instagram. They, 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 they get people. They get oh, guests. Yeah. They get people. They, they're the real deal. We're talking about Christmas on our Moonlighting podcast, <laughs> so we're finding our way. But we'll, 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 we'll get somewhere a few miles from them. It's going to be fine. When Kenzie and Ben talk, their level of dialogue is almost like they get excited it's almost like two people getting excited because they had the same cereal or they're really into super soakers. It's a very weird kind of yeah. non-adult conversation. 
Yeah, she and gets they, extra excited about any coincidence in their anything that they have in common. Yeah. So she's eating her bagel in a rush. She's grabbing and dropping a pile of paper while running out of the door. I have not seen this much business paper in 2023. I I haven't seen this much paper in 2010. Yeah, this no, is, this is this is a lot of paper. And and the thing that brings them together brings them really to like meet together after they another slip of paper. more paper that more is paper. somehow really important. It's it you will find <laughs> out it's the only extant copy of whatever information is necessary and there's no email that also has an attachment of this. So like, this I know is, I know that if you work I worked in an office for minutes and <laughs> I worked for months. It was like a year. But yeah. I know that sometimes you you have a post-it note with like a phone number on it or some kind of number that yeah. matters. And it's like, if you lose that, that's a real thing. This was a list of restaurants and maybe the phone numbers for those restaurants. And he needed it. <laughs> Gone. Now, how did that happen? Of course, they bumped into each other because at that point, that's the point where the the screenwriter has left the room but the screenplay is still writing. So there's a mix up and someone got that peanut butter and their chocolate. We're doing an old reference here. Anyway, yeah. confusion happens. So there's a lot of paper in a movie about a radio station where now this supposedly takes place in yeah. present day. There is texting. Yeah. And but there's they're using uh, I, they're using MacBooks. They're using yeah. MacBooks, but there are also elements of this movie that at the end. I almost feel like you're going to hear the snap off of the tab of a TDK video cassette so no one accidentally records over this movie. <laughs> There's a quaint element here. It's just, it's odd. Yeah. So anyway, she's got a lot to do. She's overwhelmed. She's running around with papers. And she does, and she says goodbye to, for the day, to her pet fish. Now, this is important because there is a single person pet hierarchy in movies. Yeah. Both Kenzie and Ben, we will find out, have pet fish. Mm-hmm. we're convinced it's the same fish just pulling two salaries. But you want to hope for a romance between the fish. I also think that it's in the same apartment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I think that they live next, like, in the same apartment, and they just don't know. Because <laughs> you, you only see her in the kitchen with the fish, and then you only see him in the living room. And, and, and the fish is in, like, the same bowl. I know that there's different decorations around the fish. Oh, uh, we'll get to the decorations, but, but it's it's the same fish. <laughs> I, I'm going to build on your theory and say, yeah. I think we've got a Lady Hawk situation here. Ooh, what's a Lady Hawk situation? So Lady Hawk is Rutger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer, which during it was during the period. It was like Michelle Pfeiffer's in it, and I'm watching it. That's how you get suckered into Grease 2, by the way. And Oh, don't say that. One of our new listeners is a huge Grease 2 fan. And Grease 2 is a wonderful film because uh, reproduction and Let's Bowl Tonight are just how they didn't get nominated. We'll never know. But Lady Hawk is Rutger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer. They are cursed by a wizard or something who wants Michelle Pfeiffer because I'm going to get the timing wrong here. I think at night she is a human, but he is a wolf. And during the day, he is a human, but she is a hawk. They never are together at the same time. So at one point... Either Ben or Ken sees the human, and the other one's the fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, that so makes this really is good sense. goldfish. I like that a lot. Because it's nicer than thinking of eventually both goldfish getting the same bowl, because one's just going to eat the other. It's not <laughs> going to be pleasant. For a second, the way they shot it, I thought there was a gingerbread house. You have never seen more gingerbread houses in your life than in this movie. It's, I've never, I, with, Again. with people who do not have children. 
Not that there's anything wrong with a gingerbread house, but to, we're going to get to this in great detail. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I didn't know if I was getting to it. I was going to get to it. I, again, I worked in an office for a very short amount of time. I, at Christmas time, I didn't have any trees in my office, let alone three or four that everybody in this movie has. Every single person in this movie has multiple trees in their office. I got to the point, and I'm going to get to say that I counted. Okay. But they have so many trees. I think some of those are structural beams. I think they're load-bearing <laughs> trees. And I think if they remove the trees, the radio station, the online publication, everyone's individual house will collapse. Every I piece have of never... art. <laughs> Every piece of art was blocked because it wasn't Christmassy enough by a wreath. So Ben's office has three Christmas trees. And three. three wreaths behind him, I think. Actually, I'm going to, since, since we've jumped yeah. to this and anything, Let's I'm going to say this. Yeah. So, all right. Again, there's not a surface anywhere that doesn't have a Christmas decoration, whether it's candles, whether it's gingerbread yeah. house, whether there are so many nutcrackers in this film, they can handily <laughs> defeat the Mouse King. <laughs> ah, nutcracker reference, huh? Good, but yeah. they, Brooke, who is who, Breakfast with Brooke, who's Denise yeah. Richards, who's Love Lauren, and she's her station's going down. She has so many decorations off. I feel like she's funneling all her frustrations of her reminds into that. It's like basically early November, she walked into Pottery Barn and just said yes. Oh, God. Just yeah. And then walked into another pot. She walked into 11 Pottery Barns that day. The <laughs> that they put up a sign and they're like, ma'am, yeah. you have to leave decorations for everybody else in Ann Arbor. It's, it's sort of like at a bar. We think you've had enough. Yeah. So the station manager, Mark, who will get has a giant wreath behind him. A veritable awkward of points that is that the, the, a cat can be nowhere near his office. They will no. die instantly. And again, nutcracker, 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 nutcracker. The break room of Ben at Top Line, which basically does not sound like a publication. It sounds like a company that makes rolling papers. But still, yeah. I counted here. There are seven wreaths in the break room. Seven. <laughs> On every cabinet door, which I think if you open with just candy cane would fall out. There has not been protein in that bake room for months. <laughs> this is, I have, we're going to get, uh, my note here was it felt like Pornhub for Christmas decorations. It was so many. Every scene. Everyone's house. Every scene. Uh, the coffee shop. Everywhere. There is a point that there is so many, by the way, every scene when they cut to, cause you know, you need an exterior establishing shot. The movie does know you need its establishing shot. We have seen things that they do not know that. Every time it's a, it's an outdoor Christmas tree. Or when it's a scene for another, we start with a loving close up of candles that I figured was just gonna go up to two people going, time life. We know, I always like the soft rock of the eighties, you know, or the seventies. <laughs> I just couldn't you. get them all on one tape. <laughs> it's like four <laughs> CDs. Actually, the way they're doing it is four cassettes or three LPs. But there is a point that I just have to expect that there was so much Christmas. So much, and I've worked in an office. You, you don't really get to do this. There would be people who would say, please, no. And it would be understandable because you would be suffocating from the smell of evergreen, if nothing else. I expected at one point to just see kids walking down the hallway holding lit candles, singing Ave Maria while a priest just spreads incense. Listen, the priest, I like the priest walks by and Ben's like, oh, 11 o'clock already. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I like Christmas. I do. Yeah. But I was suffocated by this movie because it was there the shots most I've ever reads. seen. Yeah. It was distracting. Yeah. There is every 
square inch that they needed something was a tree. And they were all drinking out of gigantic, gigantic. Christmas mugs. Like each held a pot of coffee. And they were just like, <laughs> just, a, just pour that whole pot into this snowman and I'll drink it. It was a, every single person didn't, they, they couldn't have put coffee in it because they couldn't have held the mugs. Like, you know, every time you watch a movie or something, you're like, there's definitely no coffee in that cup. Right. Like they couldn't, they okay. couldn't put coffee in it because these mugs were gigantic. And here's the thing. When everyone comes back from Christmas, when they've had their happy ending and we, we get more happy ending because it's a Christmas movie. So just constant happy ending. They're still drinking out of those damn mugs. <laughs> you got it. And then on the radio show at the end, they're talking about how everyone, what did everyone do for Christmas? They will never leave Christmas behind. Again, I know we're focusing on this, but there's no, if you had seen this movie, which we hope you did, every, so so, there's a scene where I couldn't figure out what was going on. Near the end of the film, in aerial shots, somehow they got a helicopter or a cherry picker because I think the budget all went into holding that woman hostage to sing the song because she's (laughs) crying with her hands against the truck. Keep going, Myrtle. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a happy thing, but you, happy image, but it is dead on. There's a scene that overhead shot, large Christmas tree, large crowds. I mean, I think they were in a frenzy. Yeah. Remember, everyone is manically smiling. So they're all in a frenzy. I expect them to jump up and down. It's like it when I went Arbor, to Cohen. Ed Arbor Times Square. That's yeah, basically like, what it was. I'm not trying to sound cool like that. I'm just saying that. So years, 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 years ago when I went to Coachella and it's packed and one of the bands said, all right, everyone dancing. You're like, don't, because... I'm a life fellow, and when everyone danced, I got lifted because you were so jam-packed that my feet went <laughs> off the bound. And it's like, I'm six for one, but I'm thin. It's just like, it's just, please stop. I'm going to die here. I felt like the shot. But if you look at that shot, this this throng of intensely, maniacally smiling, we assume, people, there's someone dressed as a panda just wandering around. Is there really? <laughs> there is. There's someone dressed. I mean, I actually, free- I looked at it and was like, wait. To the point, I'm going to say this, Kevin is remarkably good at finding small detail. In fact, some of the details I found was because Kevin saw the film first and told me to pay attention to these things. But when I saw that, I went, I'm having a Kevin moment. You are, because I didn't see the panda. And I assume that panda, if you look closely, is wearing six wreaths. Oh, oh, holiday (laughs) ribbons are everywhere. Shots are through wreaths. If there's something you can shove a Christmas ornament into, it is happening. And if you could shove a Christmas ornament into that Christmas ornament... Ben's table, where he is surrounded by everything. He is surrounded by stuffed Santas. He's got nutcrackers. He's got a gingerbread house. He's got a Christmas carousel. <laughs> this is a, I, I don't want to say grow man, because it seems like, of course you can celebrate Christmas. Of course you can enjoy it. But it's a very odd thing. And this is a completely different office in the radio station. Everyone, everyone in Ann Arbor just goes into a frenzy and they break out the pandas and God knows what's happening in the city. So this is the long way back. To the right. pet goldfish and lady. Oh, right. No, yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's, we're finding our way through this story like one does. There was garland around the base of the the fish. Yeah. yeah. But remember, I said I thought the gingerbread house was in her goldfish bowl at the beginning. It was just behind <laughs> yeah. the goldfish bowl. So the fish would have its own Christmas decorations. And I think that was done on purpose because, again, it might have been Ben during the day and she didn't realize it. So <laughs> fish is actually an important choice. The lone goldfish, by the way, the single goldfish who Mr. who Ben, his is called Mr. Bubbles, by the way, which I only thought of Michael Jackson's monkey at this point, and it was kind of distracting. But if you have a dog, you're active, you're a go-getter, you are landing those accounts. 
if you have a pet cat in one of these movies, you're reflective, maybe someone introverted, you're definitely working in publishing. If you have a pet goldfish, you sob openly when they say table for one. <laughs> it is the very symbol that you are alone. Now, if, you, if you're listening and you have a pet goldfish, we're talking movie tropes. We're not talking reality. People have gold. No, you're fine. Leave active, exciting you're lives. You're doing great. You're, you're rock climbing. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, you have a great Duolingo streak. You're doing just, perfect. You, you don't get that sarcastic Duolingo. It's like, I guess you gave up on us, huh? It's amazing. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's the most guilt-inducing program. So I guess you don't care anymore, do you? Whatever this frog-like creature, I'm going to die now. I might as well die. What does it matter? What do you care? You're no longer learning Portuguese. We might as well die together. Here, here, here. We're, I'll load the gun. You take the first shot. It's like, what? Stop. We were supposed to go to Norway in 2020. Ah, uh, the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, we were actually going to see Taylor yeah. Swift there, but that's not the that's oh, not yes. where I'm going. I'm not trying to just bring up my sadness that I'm never going to see her again. Uh, but we were going to Norway, and then COVID happened, so we didn't go. But before we were before everything got canceled, I actually started doing Norwegian Duolingo, and then I stopped when we weren't going to go again. When life and, said no, and they still send me emails to this day, shaming me for giving up. Over three years ago now. You lost all your hearts. Yeah. All your goals, all your little rewards. They are gone. Duolingo's actually going to come to your house and take things from you. Eventually, but it's been three years. Let me go. Let me go, Duolingo. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Stephen King short story, Quitters, Inc. It's just okay. quit smoking. But you sign up for it. And essentially what they do is, oh, we know where your kid gets off at school. We're going to threaten your kid. We're going to break your fingers. We're going to destroy your house if you don't quit smoking. I feel like that's where Duolingo is slowly <laughs> oh, going. Duolingo no. is Quitters, Inc. So change your locks. Maybe put a little keypad yeah. in. And every so often just turn on Duolingo and apologize. But so apologize du in Norwegian. So Duolingo, unlike our listeners, know where I live. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Du no, Duolingo knows all. Yeah, yeah. Because you probably put you probably had to put in some information that screwed you over. You put in your email address. Once that's in the yeah, case, that's it. it's done. I mean, you're using email as we've learned in this movie. They are not. Everything is just a loose sheaf of papers. It's <laughs> they have text and they have just a loose sheaf of papers. She had the list of restaurants three floors up from where he was. He needed it for yeah. whatever reason. And they were going to meet hours later to hand hours off later. Piece of All paper. she had to do was take a damn <laughs> elevator right down. You know what's or another problem? It's his paper. He could come get it. He should actually come get it. Yeah. The other thing is, if you are looking at a piece of paper, that's Verdana font. You're not even trying. That's not professional. <laughs> Verdana font is the go-to Microsoft font. Come on, people. But it was uh, Verdana font. By the way, I should tell you right now the notes that I wrote on this. It's all in Verdana. So okay. if, right. if, if you're going, I like Verdana. I got all Verdana right here. <laughs> one of my comic strips I write for is all Verdana. The other one has its own font that essentially just looks like someone else's font. But we changed the name. Let me so ask I you this, since we're yes. skipping around. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're trying to be skippy. We're trying to be skippy. We're trying not to be in Loose. plot order. Yeah. How many restaurants do you think there actually are? I know that list had eight or nine. You mean in this version of Ann Arbor? Yeah. Okay, we're not talking real Ann Arbor. We're talking no. this version of Ann Arbor. I... Too. I think I think if we looked at that list closely, there's some repeats. I think you some think of the names were said twice. I think they were all different names on the list, but I think there's two restaurants, and one is Zini's. And one is O, o, o Wine Bar. O Wine Bar, which is new, which, which, which plays a crucial part in this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But O Wine Bar is also definitely Zini's. O Wine Bar is also definitely the break room. <laughs> it might be one of their apartments. 
Yeah. I think it also takes place in Brooks House. They, so there was an economy. If there's one restaurant location. Yeah. And Ben's job is to review Taste restaurants. Test, really, more than just review. <laughs> oh, he makes lists. He makes lists. Yeah, he's, Sorry, he's, yeah. Because that's another thing about, I know, you know, BuzzFeed's still around, but that's the closest this gets to modern time outside the texting yeah, is listicles. They have listicles, yeah. So we we almost are at 2016 with this. Yeah. Movie. How does one thrive in a town with <laughs> with just zinis, basically? And then, oh, she loves zinis. By the way, oh. anything she if, if if Ben on the date says something fun, she is. We're going to talk. We haven't really discussed Kenzie, and we will in a second. We'll discuss Ben, and we'll discuss their meet cute because we're discussing it at all. But if there's only one restaurant, and he keeps testing it. But there is a moment in this that he says all the restaurants keep changing their menus. I'm yes. like, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is happening with the supplies? <laughs> the su- there's something wrong with the supplier. Supply chain. It's yeah. pro- because they are in the hinterlands yeah. of Manitoba, Ann Arbor. I don't know what it is. It's like every menu is just now we're cooking Christmas trees, everybody. Because <laughs> that's all we got. That's all we got is wreath tops. Start raiding offices. Yeah. They won't miss one or two. Just grab as much peppermint as you can. Yeah. There is a peppermint <laughs> drink that we have to discuss when we get to Liam and Maya. Liam is Ben's best friend. He is British. And no, he's not an asshole because this movie has zero assholes, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, he's not. He, I think he has played an asshole in a different movie because I recognized him, but not he in this He movie. is British. But not or in this movie. Maya, I think he was a jerk in a Christmas movie I watched last year. Okay, a jerk yeah. Christmas. <laughs> a jerk Christmas starred Which Liam. sounds like it'd be more of a Caribbean <laughs> food truck. But still, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know what, Kevin? Screw this, we're writing our own Christmas movie, a jerk Christmas. Because <laughs> right, so no one should be writing... Be, after we write Sucks to be Two, sucks we got to write a jerk Christmas. A jerk Christmas, because no one should be writing a movie about a Caribbean food truck like two white guys. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be fantastic. It's time we actually talk about our cast. Especially our main person. So our main oh, person right. is Kenji, yeah. who, as we said, is the producer for Brooke. Brooke is Denise Richards. Her show is going down. Kenzie is very likable. Very likable. She is very competent at her job. I yeah. truly believe that. She is just, her love life is the tricky part for her. It's a, it's but, a business movie. But yeah, exactly. But in her job, she is solid. She's you on top tell. of things. She Because Brooke, Brooke is going through her separation. And so right. Brooke's... We got to give everybody. So Brooke's yeah. job is to be a morning talk show radio host that talks about relationships and advice for relationships. And so for the last six months, since she separated from her husband, Todd, she has not felt like she has any grounds to give advice to people because her love life isn't good. Right. And that makes 100 percent sense. Like yeah. this is. This is a well-grounded reasoning for why she's struggling to have her radio show. Yeah, she she doesn't feel herself. She doesn't feel yeah. like she could be the voice for this. She has doubts about relationships in total. So how is she supposed to do it? So if she'll get a question, it's like, Brooke, what do you think is the secret of long-lasting relationships? There's a very understandable chance why she said, you know, the older you get, the more you just come to appreciate compression socks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it's not going to be an yeah, answer. Yeah, she deflects it's be and invasive. talks about anything else. And so... We're at the six-month point of her doing this, and Kenzie, who I just said was very good at her job and should not have allowed this to go this on not, for six this months. This should not have been a six-month yeah. slide, but yeah. But 
we've this is where we come to our first set of stakes. Again, Ken, Kenzie handles Brooke very well. Very I was worried. I was worried that Brooke touch. was going to be like that celebrity person who is tough to manage and things like that. But again, this is I'm not used to these Hallmark type movies. You so can only she have is villain so much. Yeah. So she's not a villain yeah. in any way. In any way. She's just going through a tough time. She's going through a tough time. And 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 Kenzie does well to talk to her when it's time to actually confront her and say, we have to do this to make things better. Which will be she, the blind date scenario. Yeah, she yeah. she does talk to her well and, and Brooke re- receives it well. Like they have a yeah. good relationship. You, you believe that they've worked together for a long time. Yeah. You believe there's a reason these two have been paired up. And you believe, again, Kenzie is good at her job. Kenzie is one of two people who smile a lot. Yeah, so Kenzie and Ben. The me cute guy. Ben barely stops smiling smiling in this movie. It's It was it's, unnerving. It's Elf. It's Smiling's my favorite. But it's a was, great smile. No, it's a fantastic smile. It's a really good was, smile, but he does not put it away. No. He was smiling so much I was pretty convinced he was either going to sell me a car or a timeshare. I it was just said, I mean it was a sincere <laughs> smile, but yeah, it was distracting yeah, and disoriented. Yeah. It lasted I'm not, too I'm not long. used to being around that much joy, is what I'm saying. Kevin. Yeah, the smile the smile went on long past the thing he was smiling about. Yeah. Again, <laughs> they could have mentioned something about super soakers, or maybe he saw a wreath he liked, and he'd smile uh, again. How could he not have? I mean, <laughs> they were everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a wreath I like, and there's a wreath I like, and there's a wreath I like. Ooh, that's my favorite <laughs> wreath that ties in with the other 11. Because you can't have a favorite. You can only love them all. This is probably good. What day do we think it starts on? Aren't we on like the 19th or like the 20th or something like that of December? We are close to Christmas, but because it's the, one of those movies that it's kind of hard to tell how many days have passed. Because the soiree is is Christmas Eve, which is terrible. Which doesn't make sense, the but it's also Christmas what's in Christmas party is Christmas Eve. <laughs> but that's Die Hard. Yeah. It's Die Hard. And so that's every, once Die Hard did it, they assume people, that's where people want to spend their Christmas Eve. Not with their families, not with their loved ones, unless their loved one is their date to the party. Uh, then Again, yeah. I want to say, I don't know what the Moonies are talking about. Die because Hard it is. is definitely a Christmas movie. It is very much a Christmas movie. There is, there is no doubt about that. But I think this movie takes place from like December 20th to the 25th. Basically. Which is an amazingly short amount of period to formulate, promote, get the people you want for the blind date. Because in order to this, they're going to set up Brooke with a series of blind dates, first over the air and uh, you know on radio thing, and then in person for the ones that she likes. And people have to submit names, and then they have to be vetted by Kenzie, because Kenzie does a lot. And for all that to happen in a very period of time, this is something that would happen sometime early November. To start, whether or not it's on the radio, you start announcing. But in order to get this done, in order to get it past everyone, and especially the suits upstairs that we keep hearing about. And we... <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let's go to that. So they they've had terrible ratings because Brooke hasn't been as engaging with her listeners and callers as she used to be because she's going through a tough time that she doesn't yeah. want to talk about. So for six months, <sighs> the, the ratings have been going down. And, oh, we even see a graph. Oh God! Like the, I mean, like an the, old school graph. We're not, we're not talking any sort of charts and just classic. 
All right, so we know. The I think it's plot. an arrow. I think it's like a yeah, cartoon. Just, I think it's an yeah, arrow. Yeah, it's like it's like when the stock market crashes, like you said. Yeah, the stock market yeah, crashes. The stock market crashes in a 1930s cartoon. You see, cartoon. see the arrow go through the bottom of the car. Yeah, it breaks yeah. the bottom. Yeah, yeah it goes yeah. over the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the station manager confronts K- Kenzie and says, "We have to get these ratings up. Do you know what's wrong?" And they're she's the only one that knows besides her best friend that she best told. Friend. But the ratings have to go up, otherwise they're going to have to go a different way and get rid of Breakfast with Brooke because the right. which was the once suits the upstairs. number one show in Ann Arbor, uh, yeah, Washington State. We don't know which yeah. Ann Arbor. <laughs> so, so the suits upstairs are saying she has to go now. If there is a villain, it is the suits upstairs. It is the suits upstairs, these, and that's these all they keep saying. Suits upstairs, yeah, because they keep mentioning them whenever there's a point where logic would move them in a direction where everything could work out the suits upstairs ruin it again and it's weird because at a certain point okay i can understand let's just say let's, let's assume a little reality test here. Mm-hmm. if you're going to say the suits upstairs you're going to say it once if you're going to say it at all yeah i've worked in companies i've never heard the phrase suits upstairs maybe once after that it's like steve lauren cheryl on the 12th are going to kick your ass out yeah. of this place sort of thing. you're going to start naming names or at least corporate corporate's yeah. not happy go with corporate but I feel at this point, I was expecting to start hearing things like the big cheese, the head honchos, the top <laughs> yeah. dogs. They want you. This is job. a Wizard of Oz situation. Yeah. If they go upstairs, it's just gonna be like a like a wreath that could talk. <laughs> <laughs> Kenzie comes up with the idea for blind dates because Brooke finds out her husband Todd has a has an online profile. It's like, have you heard of this online dating? That is an actual sentence, by the way. Have you okay. heard of this online dating? You know. And there's only one online dating option, basically. Oh, yeah. It's it's the online dating option for for yeah. Ann Arbor. It's weird because if you look at the profiles here, they look like they were made on an Atari 400. <laughs> yeah, it's that, look- screen, it's that screen that introduces, like, the character in the video yeah. game. <laughs> and then it goes on to the game. Again, this is its own little world. It has its own little things. He, he On his profile... Now, this is where the, you know, maybe second draft, final draft, when I get all those emails, they always talk about second draft. I don't know if they're personalizing it to me. This is Todd's. This is Todd. Thank you. Okay. Todd, Todd's thing. So when she is, Brooke is surprised that her husband is online dating. She is also surprised by the concept of online dating. We are this close to someone using the phrase cyberspace in this 2023 <laughs> version. of. Have you heard of these things? I thought computers were only for storing recipes. So Todd likes long walks on the beach looking up at stars and holding hands. I'm going to say Todd's vision board is nothing but photos of fireplaces and Asti Supubanti. That's all it is. It's like, it's like I like things and stuff. Again, it's like when you hear Ben and Kenzie talk and they really get excited about bagels. I mean, there's a bouquet of bagels at the end of this. They keep talking bagels because one of them said bagels. The other one said, I've heard of bagels. And they're so happy. Brooke is so livid by this. Yeah. And not only does she decide she will do the blind date thing, but she's actually going to eat. Because all we keep hearing that she's intermittent fasting. She's just fasting, which is, I'm going to tell you, the holidays is the worst time you can pull that off. Yeah. Especially at a place that I assume everything that we see hanging is also a Christmas cookie. <laughs> yeah. You just pick one fresh off the tree. Yeah. And again, like any Hallmark film, everyone's conversation in whatever office we're in, whether it's two women with two guys, whatever it's whatever it is, is about relationships. So Ben, we are gonna get back to Kenzie, but we are doing this whatever. We did it is. Kenzie. So Ben Kenzie's good. 
Kenzie's good. Kenzie, Kenzie has a smile that's a, a constant bright-eyed smile. This is not that it seems like she just found out fairies are real and they're awesome. And they're everywhere. And they're everywhere. everywhere she's looking. But Ben, we found out Ben has not had his luck with the ladies. The last person he did, because he's talking to Liam at the office. Liam is in charge of accounts. Ben takes food. Uh, we found out his last date was a supermodel with a PhD who runs her own profit. Who, of course, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenzie, Kenzie has a K necklace. So every so often, if she's harried and overwhelmed and kind of forgets her name, she catches her reflection and goes, oh, yeah, because sometimes you need to start yeah. a letter. Yeah, she feels it with her hand. And she's like, K, Kenzie, I'm Kenzie. And she works at a radio station that I'm going to assume, as we said, I'm assuming have I'm assuming that radio station, 85 percent of their airtime is just cars for kids ads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no way else around this because <laughs> yeah. they are so excited that they're going to get they're going to get a partnership with Top Line that is so old fashioned and what the intent is for that. But we need to work up towards that. Yeah. And, and the and the pairing the two of them together romantically is like it's like by the way kingdoms. we haven't defined the two of them so we have to get to that in a little bit bringing the them together is kind of like two kingdoms yeah. coming together when it's just these two like it's a radio station and it's, a newspaper reviewer it is a feudal marriage of convenience and yeah. it has nothing to do with marriage so here it is so kenzie and ben meet downstairs at the office at the, the hold the door moment mm-hmm and then the hold the elevator moment. Mm-hmm. And he knows the radio station and he says, my mom loves your show. And then they get to the thing. And so you could see they like each other right away. They go at it at tasting, which yeah. almost gets ruined by Brooke, but doesn't. I, but because anyway, I, I am. Uh, no, they, they, they went on the tasting. They, they had no, no, they had a great. They have great interactions. Yeah, they do. And, they have anecdotes that we only hear the last part of. Yeah, which is And they're fine. really surprised yeah. by it, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> and and you can see that they're really into each other. Yeah. And there's nothing that happens at any point. And I know that they do the thing where Ben, for some reason, has a an application to be on the blind date with Brooke. And we but, will find out why in the most kind but, of moment. But, like... You, there's nothing that says that he's not into her and she's not into him. Nothing. Yeah. If anything, he's either really into her or he wants to wear her skin. <laughs> like, those are the only two options she should get. There is nothing in their relationship that says he doesn't want to be with her, either in a murder sense or a love sense. What we're saying is <laughs> if this movie was going to buy one actual song, it should clearly now be American Girl. <laughs> because he's going to help her. She's going to ask him to help her get that sofa into that van. And then that's the end of Kenzie. Yeah. Like he is, there's nothing about any of their many interactions over a two day period that, that, that leads you to believe he wants anything to do with Brooke yeah. or anyone they, else. He they have stares they, at her so intently. It's that frustrating. Smile. Yeah. And she is very happy around him and she, they have great conversations. They have a date that almost gets derailed because Brooke sets a meeting late about the blind date thing. And then Brooke goes to see her husband because Brooke clearly still is in love with Todd. Todd, her husband, still in love with him. Again, clearly no bad in people. love with her. And clearly. They, and they're still 
they're not talking because this movie is nothing about poor communication, if only because we need obstacles in the movie, yeah, not because all of anything else. Yeah, they just can't talk to each other. Yeah. You would lose 45 minutes of this movie if anyone just said something. This movie would barely be a first act. <laughs> and it would have been a very pleasant first act. You'd be like, oh, great, they all got together. That's yeah, so nice. Which is nice. I'm happy. <laughs> love, it. love is good. So there's a point that no one's saying anything that Kenzie is running late for a date with Ben. Yeah. Running really late. Ben is there. He's already yeah. had his wine. At no point does she think, let me text him and explain what's going on. She's Absolutely. about to until Brooke says, oh, let's postpone the meeting. And then she runs there. Even when running there, even when yeah. running there, you say, here's what's happened. But what you do is if you're supposed to be meeting at seven and it's seven and you haven't left by around 630, maybe six, you get a sense. I'm running a little late. I'm sorry. There's a meeting thing. I'm going to try to make there. Or when you do leave, you text going on the way. None of this happens. <laughs> but also none of it has a consequence whatsoever. And he's still fine with it, which lets you see. Yeah. He either wants to be with her. Or wear or her. Or wear her. Yeah. That's it. Are, you're a size what? You Both know, of them just... are being with her. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to wear her skin, and that way together they can share a bagel. Oh. See? And a fish or two. And or a one. fish. It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to happen because then Dawn will come and one of them turns into a fish, and that's going to be a really weird scenario. So... Ben, as we said, is a very nice guy who clearly, like everyone else in this movie, hasn't found that right one. No, every Wednesday he has dinner with his mom. Oh, yeah. God. But All again, right. that, just to just to make him personal, a, a good person, a good person. Now, is there anything wrong with him having dinner with his mom every Wednesday? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's not what's weird. It's when he decides to bring these elements up. And they're often yeah. in dates that, you know, Ben tells Kenzie he has dinner with his mom every Wednesday. But he, you know, my mom, what's your favorite food? My mom's blueberry pancakes. Yeah. What when he goes to a wine bar, he takes him out, which is favorite. But he keeps mentioning his mom, even when he has the in-person date with Brooke, because he's the winner. He talks about his mom's thing. Overall, that's fine. But it's when he says it, that's a little weird. To the yeah. point that I expect him also, and my mom thinks I run super fast and I'm a really good jumper. <laughs> but that's I bet fine, she but, does, though. I bet she does, oh, oh, I'm sure. But Kenzie finds it charming, and that's all that matters. They're charming. Everything is charming. But Kenzie, who is setting up the blind dates for Brooke, and by the way, we do get to see, meet some of these as she's vetting them. These are not people. No, this These is your typical, sketched out ideas. This is your typical movie. We need to go through the bad blind dates or yeah. bl bad relationship people someone yeah. has a dirty r someone's looking at the reflection in the spoon someone does not talk at all yeah it's fine which yeah. and it's fine even when you do meet the people someone makes an oil change sex joke yeah on the on thing it's and it's that's fine that's what you got to do you just got to get yeah. the flotsam and jetsam out of there that's perfectly fine get the detritus of the date <laughs> although the although the people that made it to the second in studio date should never like, have how how did you have 11? Did you have four people total? Because some of these people, I think, were the people who an oil change that. No, someone who says, I really don't like kids when you know the person has a kid. By the way, Brooke and Todd have a daughter who's attending college. You. Yeah. She just stands in front of a building. It's it the only like, time we see her is a FaceTime. I got the impression she was across like uh, like studying abroad, too. 
She might have, but abroad here may be Wisconsin, Wyoming. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't know because like across Lake Erie. <laughs> across Lake Erie. That's abroad because this this is if we're going to assume this is Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we're not outside Nanto. We just know it's in Ann Arbor. That is a larger city, and this is a city of twelve people who keep bumping into each other because it's necessary. There is a, when reasons. they are at Zini's. Oh, Zini, such great eggplant. When they are there for that tasting date that she was almost late for, late for whatever the date that they had. There's, there's one almost, table by itself. There's almost an echo while they're talking. <laughs> there is no one at Zini's. No. And their maybe table because they is, just can't get their menu right. But here's the thing: their table is an outdoor cafe table. It's a little round table. Not a, a restaurant would have square tables. We know our restaurants. If you watch yeah. Moonlighting, especially first season, you need a lot of cloth, a lot of yeah. tablecloth, and everyone orders lobster because it was the 80s. This may be the 80s. Who the hell knows? I don't know what year it's supposed <laughs> to be present day. But it's a little outdoor table that I thought their meal was going to consist entirely of a croissant because that's what it seemed like. And then someone would maybe come by with an accordion. But there were no just, other tables they just around. They eat a baguette towards each other like Lady of the Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Because to actually move your nose with a with a meatball is going to be a little messy. But yeah, there were no other tables around. It's their only table. Ben gets the table. It's a testing, so you know they're not even charging him because if you want to get on the good side of a writer, you don't charge them. Ben I don't know wearing, how Zini's is. Ben making. is wearing a card like a turtleneck, a hot, hot white turtleneck, oh. and a blazer to and this blazer. dinner that he has been nervously waiting for her to show up. He should have lost 85 pounds waiting. <laughs> he should have schwitzed down about three sizes. Yeah. I also want to say Ben's ties. Ben prefers such a huge 70s TV show not to his ties. And mm-hmm. I, I, I actually, every time it says like, just just, just pull a little, get the little dimple in, look a little. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's showing that that's not his thing as someone who is the face of someone because he's on the rise at top line. Yeah, I mean, they still wear ties at this place of business because not really many other places still wear ties. Especially if you're an online business publication. But he has that tie and he's on the way. And if he could if he can really score this O-Wine account, which is not an account, but he gets to do the tasting, then it's right. Which means he needs to show up and taste a cab and a Merlot or whatever. And then he gets to put on the masset. I don't know where he is prior to this, but everyone's on the rise. His friend Liam who at this point is dating Kenzie's best friend, Maya, who both exist to say a few words and they're really excited and they had a me cue to spill juice. They're just hype men. All, they're just hype the, men. The hype that's men, because that, but that's what is in the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. In any romantic yeah. comedy, you have your hype man. Remember you got mail. Tom Cruise's hype man was Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And uh, Meg Ryan's was her boss who was a, fam- was a famous actress whose name I'm kind of been saying. But yeah, you need your hype man in a romantic comedy. But here's the thing, at least in this one, I'll give this movie props for this. The hype people get their own relationship. Usually they only exist for the other person's romance. So at least they get it. They're perfectly happy. They should be together because I don't know who else they could be with. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're perfectly quirky for each other. Yeah. Maya is the, I guess, the social mediator influencer whose job, I think, is every so often she looks at her phone and going, oh, the ratings are down. Or, oh, the reaction is low. We have, ooh, comment. She exists as a total of collective sentences, not as a person. But that's it, because if we go back to Brooke, Brooke is kind of defined by what, initially, what she doesn't want. 
Yeah. She doesn't want to hear the truth about her job. She doesn't want to talk about her relationship. She does not want to eat lunch. It's sort of like if the writer was going, okay, what is Brooke not about? And I can score this character. Brooke does not care about highlight. She mm-hmm. isn't one for the color orange. She's never had a good Krona. I think I got a lock on this. Eventually, we get more Brooke. And we get a sense. But initially, Brooke is just, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to hear it. Everything's fine. And by the way, if we lose this job, there's another job offer that was a year ago. But that's last Christmas. You can't go from Christmas to Christmas, especially in a world where it's only Christmas. Yeah. So the we find out. So Ben does become one of the blind dates. Kenzie sees this as she's going through the profiles. And it upsets her. So to the point you, that she... Go ahead. Did you get it at that point when you saw the online application of ben for this thing did you know it did i know did you did you know who did it i knew it wasn't him yeah i i knew immediately because of how many it was his times he says put it in yeah i knew immediately because of how many times he says his mom like he just says it all the time i was like i should have picked mom's such a big fan of brooke I had that moment in the car where where Heather Graham is driving, and I heard all the times he said his mom, which mom, was like 30 by mom, that point. Mom, yeah. mom, yeah. And it makes yeah. sense. So the mom does it, puts him up there because, you know, moms care. And she's telling this over wine. I'm going to tell you, when they went to the wine testing, because he was supposed to go with Kenzie, but at this point, Kenzie thought he was a profile thing. She's setting up at the boss. Everything's going well with Brooke. She's he, So Ben and his mom are having drinks. Mom is... Mom's on her eleven. Mom is a lot. It is impressive that Ben can have a weekly dinner with that woman. <laughs> it it is so much. It, Although she, she plays pickleball, which which is also of so all much. the references that they have done through this movie to to modernize the mom and to not any degree. of the main characters. Yeah, the mom does have an intensity of seventh cabernet. Yeah, and she even. As for more Kevin, yeah. anything. So she set it up. So she put his name in because all the moms were putting their son's names because they all meet together for pickleball. This is not a joke. Yeah. And they discuss their, their children's relationships. And they said, anyone who's got a son of marrying age or dating age, put him in this. She did this, but she doesn't feel Brooke is right for him because Brooke is too much of a celebrity and Brooke has too much pizzazz. I don't know where this pizzazz <laughs> is coming from because Brooke has understandably been low key. <laughs> Yeah. And not all that particularly socially inviting, understandably, that the go pizzazz is sort of like, I don't know, she's a really big celebrity. And Ann Arbor, she's the top. So the fact that Brooks show is collapsing, I think the economy of this city is going to go with it. So Mark, ben, the station manager, needs to save the city. Ben just needs a bland lady. That's, That's just, it. He had that. He had that supermodel. PhD lady, and then he had that he had celebrity Brooke. He just needs a nice single fished woman. <laughs> ben Ben needs a water cracker come to life. Yeah. That's what just something as exciting as that. It's something that top as ex- hat on a water cracker <laughs> and you follow it around the city, just like Frosty. It's gonna be Ben. <laughs> Happy birthday. So she sets him up, and then Ben realizes this. Ben's like, oh. That's what it was, which is a conversation that should have been had 65 minutes earlier. Oh, because this, this movie is a full hour and a half. It feels fuller. Yeah. It does. I'm not going to lie to you. It and feels just fuller. because of all those moments, just like you can text your boss and say, hey, are we really going to have this meeting? Or, hey, Ben, I'm running late because my boss yeah. isn't writing me back. And we were supposed to meet at six o'clock. It's all these moments of he even tries at one point, Ben comes into Kenzie's office 
while he's having these great while he's polling well and he's leading the everything for the to be the, the station manager is the one who's going to decide not not even yeah. brooke the station manager decides right for brooke. but he's doing well in that blind date situation with brooke yeah. he comes in and he's like hey are you sure because i mean we were weren't we he still doesn't say it out loud but he's trying he's trying to show her that like they could still but that is, I think, before this, because when he finds out, he does tell Kenzie, because at least that would have been weird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. saying the moments of them not talking. Yeah. All yeah. he kept saying is, like, he clearly is trying, but he does say, are you sure this is what we should be doing? Are you sure this is it? Are you okay yeah. with it? Yeah. And now, granted, let's be honest, that's not the most unrealistic part of this movie. People get their feelings hurt. People shut down a little bit. And people yes. are a little protective. But the problem is this is done so the story can move forward. It's not exactly a character choice. Now, the whole time, like most of my notes are use your goddamn words. Like most of my <laughs> notes, like halfway down yeah. every time, like every other note is please somebody talk. Yeah. But but at the end, I will say that when he confronts her one more time and says, like, we could be together. It was my mom who did this. Yeah. I want to be with you. And she says, no, we no. need this for the station. I can understand that moment. That one There's I that got. moment of like, this is a job and I have in. to save our jobs. Yeah. Like I'm saving our jobs by you being with her. So I have to sacrifice my love so that our jobs can go on. Yeah, not and just so my she's job. Of multiple people. She's thinking, yeah. It's, yeah. The goldfish has come to depend on a certain lifestyle. Even Maya. It's like it's yeah. like our coffee bills to fill these mugs are so high. We need to keep this going. Can you imagine how ma- they are the reason there are landfills? There isn't a single available landfill around yeah. Ann Arbor. Can you imagine how many K cups it takes to fill one of those damn things? <laughs> like a, just a, just how many how many goes into a five gallon bucket? <laughs> what they are, it's like when you go to Home Depot and they have yeah. those Homer buckets to hold yeah. the tools. That's the essential of this. You put a Santa face on it. That's what they're drinking out of. And here's the thing. At this point, that makes sense. You're right. Because at this point, the marriage of top line rolling papers, I guess, online publication yeah. and this this radio station, they are all in everyone, I guess, because then they'll advertise more, more of this relationship works out. Everyone's depend. The station manager is polling. The station manager says she has to for this to work. Brooke has to show up at the radio station Christmas Christmas soiree, which is the event of the season, the social event of the season. Yeah. Forget Again, the Viennese ball well, that occurred they have, last week. They have two more tables than Zini's has at the yeah. soiree. But this is, now, granted, this is going to be a live broadcast yep. of a soiree. Now, you should know at this live broadcast, there is a camera. So we're going to assume, okay, online. So there's a little bit. But this is also, it's it's a weird event to have as a live broadcast for a thing. Yeah. By the way, it is a <laughs> single camera. It is a single camera at a great distance from anywhere. Yeah. Did you see the distance from where that's single? Which means there's zoom, which is not the best way to get an image. There is better cinematography in the Zapruder film than what's going to happen on this. Because th- at least they know what's happening. They know what's going to happen. I mean, if they knew someone's going to show, they, they, got a, they got a heads up. And it's just this one camera. But Kenzie is right. It It is late. They made their mistakes. They made their yeah. bed. But... It has to go on. Everyone's depending on this. But this is when it's also important that Ann Arbor is a town of 11 people. I said 12 earlier, but I think one moved. People (laughs) who will repeatedly bump into each other. So Kenzie does bump into Todd. 
Todd and Brooke, the reason why Brooke was running late for their meeting that eventually almost Kenzie was running late for a day, but was then running late for a lot of running, sure, yeah. was because she and Todd were having a wonderful conversation at the house. And like, she just ran how over many time. hours were they talking to each other at this house? Oh, like six. Yeah. Easy. yeah. Like a six easy conversation, like a six hour easy conversation with your separated husband has a- to give you some clue. And then when you say, do you want to go shop for this thing my daughter likes? It doesn't matter the detail. But like, we're going to try to still have a nice Christmas, even though we're separated for our right. daughter. Because our daughter it, was asking how Christmas is. Yeah. That was the one conversation. The daughter calls only to have a, a Christmas conversation because Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. And so she says, do you want to go shop for these things that she likes so that we right. can have that at Christmas for her? And he's like, I would love that so much. So much. Like just, <laughs> just hanging on her he is every just, word. She's just. just so happy and it's weird because, again, their conversation is reminiscing about things about their daughter that, you know, they know. But this is how I mean, yeah. it's not sort of like best Christmas ever. Remember when you were in that cover no, band? No doubt. Because I mean, you, you still know, reminisce about you still reminisce. And so it is without, a shoving exposition. Yeah. It makes sense. It's an it seems this is one of the more natural conversations. Yeah, just like they're the trying to share happy the, moments because yeah. it's been a rough six months for obviously both of them, except it's not obvious to the two of them. Right. And you know what? That's believable. Yeah. That, that is completely believable. That's believable. Kenzie's saying, it's too late. We got to go through this. You've been conscripted into a relationship. There is no way you can ever leave. I mean, Ben <laughs> could say no. You signed in blood, Ben. <laughs> exactly. uh, Don't you remember the flaming pen? That was the devil's pick. <laughs> you have made this. You, you have made a sacred vow on Christmas. No one breaks a Christmas vow. So before the soiree, Kenzie runs into Todd on the street. And finds out that Todd didn't sign up for a dating app either. It was a joke by one of his coworkers, and he has no interest in that. He just, he just wants, he does, he's not ready for dating. Now, here's a question. You have friends. I have friends. Yeah. If my friends were to do that, it would not be a joke. It would be a sincere gesture of, okay, we got to get you doing something. Okay. Would they have posted without my consent? Not a chance in hell. And then but, asking him to take it down was another thing he said. So, I mean, that's fair. It's fair. But in this world, online dating is not something that should be. It is right. It is a mistake. <laughs> have, you met, have you met Todd yet? Oh, yeah. the other guy? Yeah. Yeah. It is a mistake <laughs> done by others. That should that uh, right that people would not do on their own. Oh, they, I see where, yeah, everybody who does it is not themselves. It's not themselves. <laughs> it has been inflicted upon them. Yeah. Online dating is an ordeal. Well, online dating is an ordeal, but online dating is not something anyone does by their own volition. They no. wake up one morning and they realize they have an account. <laughs> That's the only way. So this is where there's a, we. There's a thing that happens here in the suburbs, where people around instead of like mischief night or those things that they do the they don't really do that anymore so so before that what'll happen is they'll put like they'll put these sticks in the ground with little ghosts on them and then a sign that says you've been booed (laughs) and then then that's it it's like a little prank but it's not because you have to pay some company for all the signs and stuff but people do that in the suburbs because we have time for that world i'm going to say this this is granted i live in the city vague city that we're not mentioning and i when i lived in the suburbs yeah 
was a while ago. This is the first I am hearing of this. Okay, this so this is, is the thing. There's another one that yeah. does pink flamingos. I forget what the sign is for that one, but it's like you've been flamingoed or whatever. <laughs> you <just laughs> it's not as good. Ever. What does that mean? <laughs> it's like, let's, let's spend at most one minute on this sign. So, I mean, is that more like you're telling the people they need to leave town, you need to flamingo? No, no it's really just like a you need to flamingo at least that makes friends sense. do in yeah. the night that you wake up to. But that's what that's what <laughs> online dating is in Ann Arbor. It's yeah. like, you've been online dated. Now, there are a couple things there. So, <laughs> Todd never oh, wanted to Oh, I thought we were going to analyze the whole thing about the booze and the flamingo. Oh, I, I want to well, talk well, more well, no, it's fine. Yeah. We should move on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm all about the ghost now. This is what our podcast is now about, people. We are now doing a Halloween podcast for our Christmas special for our Moonlighting podcast. We don't know how to brand ourselves is what we're saying. <laughs> Moody's never say Die Hard is a nightmare before Christmas. For Christmas. Movie. Done, people. We are done. <laughs> well done, you. So... Thanks. We know Todd and Brooke are meant to be together because one, plot. But two, have you ever seen photos like this, family photos like this? We have not discussed the family photos. <laughs> All right, so the way Brooke that we has... know that they're a family are these really badly photoshopped. Oh my God. Like they spent millions of hours decorating Ann Arbor, but they didn't have tree upon time. tree upon tree. <laughs> they didn't have time to Photoshop three, no, two family photos because three. the third there photo. There are three family photos. I know, but the, the third photo is just the daughter. So there's no yeah. real Photoshop in Who that. Who actually one. does not look like the daughter on the photo. No. I no, think it it's doesn't. a different person. I think they just bought a frame that had a person on it. That if one, you yeah. look closely, it will actually say the company's name the in the corner. Kid. It's not yeah. the same person. For a second, I thought that was a photo of Kenzie. I thought Kenzie was in all their <laughs> oh, family she photos. The, she made it. She, she made the cut because it did look like it looked more like Kenzie than their actual daughter. So they this family has three photos. Three photos. It's sad, but they've only had three. Right. One is in front of a tree with leaves on it. One is in front of a barren tree, and then the other one is just. Passed. And then the other one's just a single daughter. It's their three faces as close as you can make them. They're not exactly the right size comparatively. And shade, like there's shade. different lighting for each face. And it's the only picture that Brooke likes to look at is one of them. I think she yeah. only looks at the one with the leaves in the back. Yeah. The other one just moves around on the shelf behind her, continuity ruining wise. It care. swaps back and forth. The barren tree background and the leaf background swap back and forth. It has nothing her. to do with Christmas, so the detail isn't crucial. <laughs> Not important. Not but important enough. But this, the one with the leaves is also the background on her MacBook. Yes, it it's, is. It's, it's, so this picture... It's the only one they have of their it's, family that they love for 20 years, maybe. 20, it's like three people couldn't get their act together to all show up at Sears on the same day yeah. for their family photo. Yeah. I'm saying this, it looks like a Photoshop that wasn't done now. It looks like a Photoshop that was done in the 70s without Photoshop with an X-Acto blade and Scotch magic tape. So you wouldn't yeah. see it. It it's is like remarkably the, in, poorly In a comedy, done. that's what you would do. It's like, oh, you met the president and it's like a really bad... Bad for yeah, like yeah, someone's lying, yeah, you know. Yeah, and and I just feel it, bad because that if we really want to look into it, yeah, that's how much Brooke was dedicated to Breakfast with Brooke that she didn't have she didn't any have time, time to come home and have a family picture, and, and there and therefore it's, it's believable that he would leave her after a while because he's alone. This, this, just listening we, to her, just listening, just to, listening to it every morning. I, I assume he's unemployed. <laughs> but he 
He has or co-workers that make has, accounts for him. Oh, yeah, he does have co-workers. That <laughs> might have been their fish. We don't know how good these fish are. Like, they're fish at night when it turns into a human. What if he's it, What if he's the suit upstairs? Oh, that would have been so good. <laughs> I'm Joe Suit. It's Todd Suit. Yeah, it's... Uh, Todd but if you suit. look at these photos, and if these photos could talk, what they're essentially is, love is nice, fun is good. <laughs> it's bland. It yeah. doesn't make sense. But there's a lesson in this film that should not be a lesson in a film. And the lesson in this film essentially is focusing on a career is bad because it gets in the way of romance. So just don't do it. Yeah. Because you have we're to gonna, choose. You have to choose. <laughs> and you have to choose. You either have to choose the corporate marriage that's good for both feudal lords or you have to do your own thing. <laughs> so even when they find out that Ben and find out Kenzie, they can't do anything about it. Ben is crushed. Kenzie cries alone. We have the image of the two of them facing each other, but they're not in the same place. But they are because it's the same <laughs> goddamn apartment. And whatever fish they show, neither of is the same fish. <laughs> and also and also Ben's apartment slash Kenzie's apartment is like the third table at ZD's basically, because if 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 you can't get the second table or the first table at yeah. ZD's, you have to eat spaghetti on ben's couch because that's where liam and ben have a moment where they they, have to talk to each other and they have to eat spaghetti Spaghetti on the couch couch. together by the way no reasonable (laughs) person eats spaghetti on their couch that's how you ruin a couch unless unless you're an 85 year old italian grandma like myself and you're like myself like my grandma and it's just plastic wrap you do not do this but that's what they do they're always talking about soup on a couch when she was sad and ben and we spaghetti. called that out. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't understand how the hell that Yeah, with his friend, his British friend, who's wearing his suit for the party. <laughs> He's eating spaghetti while wearing his suit, sitting on a sofa. These, listen. If 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 I will Liam, say, Liam, I will say, if Liam, that, Liam, Liam is a simple boy. And and I will say that if a simple British lad, he's a simple British lad, and I will say that if he showed up with spaghetti stains all over himself, Maya would have just said, "Oh, buddy, I and, love you oh, so much. <laughs> this is why I love you." A, maybe a little fist on the waist. The you got it in your head. mouth today. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> well, it's not chewing? bad. <laughs> and she comes running up, and we just see Zini's eggplant smear all across her dress because they're perfect for each other. Like, and this let is me the say, they are. If you want to, if you want to figure out who Maya is, there's a moment where Maya is talking to Kenzie about what they're gonna wear to the soiree, yeah. and Maya's options are two things that she cut out of a magazine. Where is she going to get these clothes? <laughs> because it's the night of the party. It's the night of the party. party. And she's like, I'm thinking of going with this one I cut out of a magazine or this one I cut out of a magazine. It's like, and do you have those clothes? You have to go <laughs> finding them now. Because first of all, it's Christmas Eve. You've got 45 minutes at most. Maybe, maybe if you have your old Barbies, you got a chance of wearing an outfit. She could, that she could just blow it up. She could blow up that picture as big as she could make it on all the paper that they have. They have so much paper. So yeah, much paper. Just, just paper doll folded over the top of her. Just staple to the shoulder to make sure it goes, and it'll be perfectly fine. But it's, again, it's. I know we discussed this last one because you said your family would put up the tree. But when the other family was so Christmas and they're not buying their tree till three days before, it's a little weird. So you're not buying this costume. All they talk about is this damn Christmas party. She yeah. should have had her outfit in April. Right. 
<laughs> Even if she didn't have something to go to. I mean, she granted, a- granted, she was talking about it in a way like she had those outfits. But those are. But then you show pictures of your outfits. Yeah, you would have pictures of yourself in those clothes. That's what yeah. you would be showing. And your best friend would also know what those clothes are. Yeah, you're not because you probably you probably went and bought them together, maybe in the one store in Ann Arbor that has clothes. Zini, Zini's clothing. <laughs> Zini's, Zini's Italian restaurant and boutique. <laughs> and boutique. It's one building, and that is. Oh, by the way, Zini's is where you buy your Christmas trees, because there is not. Unlike when I grew up, there's the business that's the summer winter business. In the summer, I think it was Harrods Pools. They would sell pools, and in the winter, they would sell Christmas trees. They have that in Ann Arbor, but there are no pools. It's Christmas trees all year round. Uh, my friend had a family that kept their Christmas tree up all year, and they would change the decorations depending on the holidays of the oh, time they would of year. Oh, it to like an October Christmas. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like Christmas. It was a bit much for me, but people yeah. have their choices. So we have, I think, we have people that do that here. Yeah. They're the I same people who it, get flamingoed. <laughs> but yeah, so when they put the ghost on it, they're not saying they're ghosted. They're just saying you've been booed. You've been booed, yeah. So does that mean they don't like you? No. But if you're saying you've been booed, no, that's usually a negative. I get it. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. We're just booing it. We're just ghosting, but not ghosting. We're flamingoing. But I mean, are the flamingos to basically show you've been eating too much shrimp and your skin's going to turn pink like <laughs> flamingos do? I don't. Anyway. So. <laughs> so the party's going to happen. But Kenzie has a brilliant idea that we knew the moment that Todd told Kenzie this. Yeah. Kenzie sets up a pre-dinner date for Brooke, supposedly to meet Ben. At one of the best restaurants in Ann Arbor. Zini's! <laughs> yeah, Zini's! You know what? That's who I want to be sponsored for our podcast. Zini's Eggplant. Zini's Eggplant Tree Clothing Emporium. It's like a Stu Leonard's. They got everything. They got animatronic dresses and trees and, and eggplant. It's beautiful. Go visit. It's on highway exit 32. You'll find it. It's beautiful. So she sets up this date. And unless you have fallen asleep at this point in the movie, you know that she's setting it up. So she'll get there because she does a reveal. And Todd's holding up the menu to cover his face for no reason. But because Zini's has a hell of a menu, you got to get close and read all those details. It's not just about eggplant anymore because they completely revamped the menu again since that morning. They print and laminate a new giant menu every day. Every day because it's a completely different menu. They have to keep top line in business. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, it is not even Italian food. So what Kenzie did. Uh-huh. Was set them up so they could have time together because she knows they're meant for each other. Meanwhile, Kenzie has called Ben in one of the few moments that someone has decided to contact him, but again has not said enough words. All she <laughs> said was, "Your date has been canceled." That is, it. that's the phone call he gets. Most hour most before of the phone calls in this movie yeah. are one-sided hang-up. Like they tell him he won and he's going to be Brooke's date to the soiree. He doesn't the, get to say it's the station manager. And he's yeah. like, yeah, we just wanted to let you know. And not even if he wants to question whether he should be a date, he could be like, where's the soiree? Nope. What should I wear? Nope. <laughs> what time do I have to be there? Do I have to pick up Brooke? Is there a limo? Is Zini sending a limo? Is is there a dress requirement? I assume it's going to be a suit or one of my fat knot ties, but is it? 
But no, I cut I mean, out a suit from a magazine today, and I wanted to know if I could use it. <laughs> I saw a suit on a bus in a different town, and I think I'm going to buy it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to wear that bus. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Ben. And I'm going to have the biggest smile while doing it. That's a more of a Liam thing. <laughs> Liam so, is Ralph Wiggum, but British. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've Ralph decided. Because <laughs> oh. the, the first time we meet Liam, he spills a green coffee matcha thing all over himself. And he's happy about it. <laughs> because he met that special someone who knocked it over his shirt. <laughs> Le- Liam is Ralph Wiggum. Maya is when Bart goes to that corporate town and he gets put in the class because he doesn't know cursive. And you see girl Ralph Wiggum. Yeah, I'm not. I'm here because I start fires. That's Maya (laughs) without the fire started. So that's the two of them. They were going to have to be together because Ann Arbor only has 10 people. Another person has left because Zinis keeps changing their menu. So she calls him, but we don't get to hear his part. All she does is like, you're no longer the date, but you're still allowed to go. That is it. So that's the point when Liam is pre-gaming pasta for his big date at the soiree in his suit. On They're not sofa. even feeding people at this soiree. No, there's no food. I don't know if there's booze at this soiree. This is not a soiree. This is a corporate meeting. So Liam says, are you going to go? And Ben's like, no, which is an understandable reaction. It's yeah. been a lot. It's a complete. Yeah, because he really did try to be with her, and he she turned him down. So he, yeah. his side at that point is legitimate. Because she's even saying you could go, and not like I'd really like to see you there. You can go, which now, basically how much, how much anyone can go think, anywhere. How much time do you think passes between Zinis with Todd and Brooke, and the soiree starting? Because because you have to understand that Liam was with a ben. not dressed for a soiree Ben right. on their couch. And then Free Liam is with Maya at a table at the soiree it, it, with a bib and mittens. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to actually ask this because I didn't think to look at it. Did Maya wear either one of those dresses? I didn't look. That's a good I didn't question. look either. I mean, I really just at this point, they both should be wearing those uh, plastic sheets you wear when you're going to go see an aqua show yeah. and you're sitting close and you know you're going to get water on you because, yeah. you know, the orca likes to play even though it shouldn't be in there in the first place. I don't know. Because when, when Ben shows up to be to be with Kenzie finally after Brooke, Brooke was Brooke like... called. Brooke, Brooke calls to say, Ben, you have to come. I noticed it somehow that And you she guys must have, have a... been doing that call on the way to the event because yeah. she certainly didn't do it at the restaurant. And then Liam. Everyone's eating before. <laughs> Everyone's attention is at Todd and Ben, who are standing there in their suits, waiting to be with the two women yeah. that they're meant to be with. And and Liam. It's like when, a it's like when, a double bachelorette kind of when situation. Brooke, when Brooke says, uh, "Ben is here," Liam goes, "Are Ben <laughs> or something like that?" <laughs> He's one surprise. He is so excited. Two, he can't read context clues. That what other Ben could it be? And three, I thought he was just going to giggle for 45 minutes. So much. That's he Liam. was so happy. Like, it was just, just going to be a series joy. of air clapping because he was not going to quite get the hands to work together. And so, so happy. I mean, you, you almost got to be happy for Liam that he could find this much joy. In I mean, he drinks. Forks. What was it? What does he drink? Hazelnut and peppermint hot cocoa. That he gives to Maya. Then Maya rightfully goes, that's not working. It wouldn't work. 
<laughs> but, Liam, so like, but that's like he's he's the kid that Liam goes to the soda fountain and hits every drink. Like he's remember the one how who goes, he said Ben yeah. was elf because you're yeah, right. He's just going like, yeah. yay yay more more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we said, Ben was Buddy the elf because of smiles, but Liam is Buddy the elf in every other capacity. Yeah, he went to the hot cocoa place and they were like, well today we have hazelnut hot cocoa and okay. we have peppermint hot cocoa. He's like. But I want them both. <laughs> okay, British boy, here you go. Let's put them both in the same cup. Okay. I think if I, just, we look... I want the peppermint on the bottom and the hazelnut on the top so I can enjoy the hazelnut first, first. and then the peppermint afterwards. So, so are we freezing each level for you, sir? It's, you know what, you're going to believe it is, so it is. I think if we had looked at Liam's uh, pregame pasta, we would have found out it was just... Covered in Fruit Loops. <laughs> so Brooke is the one who does something for Kenzie because she realizes Kenzie has done a lot for her. She thanks Kenzie in front of everyone. Brooke said, you know, she is going to be with Todd. She has commanded that Kenzie will be with Ben. Even the station manager seemed thoroughly confused and worried and then very happy because he sees where this is going. It's like, well, I can make this work. At this in a soiree, normal movie the station manager would have taken his hat off and slammed it on the right. ground <laughs> and then <laughs> stormed off. out of there. I can't believe this. All these people would need new jobs. <laughs> but then Kenzie and Ben kiss. And it's not like people do the applause. They stand up. This is a standing oh, yeah. ovation with yeah. Liam leading the way, getting so excited. I think he was going to accidentally slap Maya's <laughs> hands instead of his own. It was going to be the two of them were going to get their arms intertwined. And it was going to yeah. have to be an operation later. So it's after Christmas. We don't know what these people do for Christmas. For a movie that's all about Christmas, we get the build of Christmas and we get what happens after Christmas. We do not see Christmas. Do Kenzie and Ben spend Christmas together? Does Ben bring his mom? Does Kenzie realize the mom's a lot and maybe this shouldn't be working out because the mom is feeding Ben? I don't know. Just blueberry pancake after blueberry pancake. Your diet can't be all eggplant. Just shoving them. He just food. he just brings Liam so that he could distract his mom. <laughs> like I want the airplane. Wait, are you our Ben's mom? <laughs> I want the airplane. <laughs> Gimme. Is the present that's wrapped as a hockey stick a hockey stick? So it's the next day. Yeah. Or the day after Christmas. Maybe it's Boxing Day. I don't know what it is. But everyone is still drinking gallons of liquid at a giant. I mean, I think they're the size of Santa's head. They basically just <laughs> lopped off Santa's head, scooped out the middle, and poured in a nice hazelnut peppermint. That's why they're always smiling. Because they're on yeah. like 85 gallons of caffeine oh. a day. I'm also. That's why they also, we don't see them for a while, maybe, characters. It's just prolonged <laughs> bathroom breaks. <laughs> Ben With has a just 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 a toilet surrounded by Christmas trees and wreaths. You have to like bring your knees in while you sit on it, so you don't get pine needles in your knees. <laughs> ben brings Kenzie a bouquet of bagels. Of course, yeah, bagels. I so, would have been upset if that didn't happen. I really would have, because they called it out, and you're like, that to. needs to happen again later. But the reason is, it's also a congratulations game. Yeah. Because when the day after and everyone's talking about what they did that Christmas, station manager Mark is giving Kenzie her own show. So alternating days, <laughs> one day will be breakfast with Brooke and then yeah. it'll be coffee with Kenzie because hooray for alliteration. Brooke has realized she has spent way too much time on a, on a career that she really wanted and has really worked on. 
But as we discussed, this movie is if you focus on your career, your romance goes south. So don't focus too much on your career. <laughs> and Brooke is very happy to be sharing time, whereas before Brooke had once said, this is my show, not our show. And the last thing we see is Kenzie on the dock. And the first caller talks about having two stocking days, two stocking stuff for days. Now, granted, this is December 27th. We're no longer on Christmas, but it will always be Christmas. Kenzie is very happy to talk about it. She's got all the bagels and carbs she could ever want. She's got smiling Ben. Liam and Maya are somewhere lost in the field, but they're okay. <laughs> they have each other. And they realize dandelions might be food, too, so they can't rest they're there just, for a while. They're just walking through an arbor with life preservers on just in case they get too close <laughs> to a fountain. Slippers <laughs> and, like, a mask, so, you know, in case it rains. You know, they have to remind themselves if it rains, don't look up like turkeys do and drown, you know. It all works out well. Everyone is happy. The station manager does his final case smile. It's all good. And it's like these movies should be. But it is very much in the end. This movie can be summed up by your words, which are say more words. <laughs> yeah. That's all I mean. Just, just, you know what? Usually when people talk, they should have stopped a sentence before. Everyone just talks a little longer than they need to. It's We get nervous. We, that's how it works. Here, they should have talked for another 11 minutes. Yeah. They have so much paper, they should have written notes and left each other notes. Or maybe it's like when I was in college, you had so the equivalent of a dry erase board on your board so someone could leave you a note because yeah. we didn't have cell phones because I'm 1,004 years old. So yeah, you always say I was going to live to be 1,000. I'm too late. I'm four years over that. I, I'm on borrowed time, Kevin. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> we got to finish Moonlighting, Jeff. <laughs> We've got five more, five more seasons? Four more seasons. Four more seasons. Uh, four more seasons of Moonlighting. We're so into Christmas, we forget these things. All right, so a quick recap as we do our hallmarks of a hallmark film. Okay. Is there a career path change? Yes, there is. She gets her own show. Is there processing grief over a loved one? Yes, but it's not the it's not the mortal loss. It's the loss of relationships. So you are losing some, in a sense. There is a holiday competition in that the blind dates. There is a good God big relationship misunderstanding. That's all this film. <laughs> oh, there's on. three of them. No, two, two. Yeah. And the Christmas event is the event. Yeah. So instead of having a town that's all about Christmas and this Ann Arbor, wherever it is, has so many Christmas trees because they have to open a shot on another Christmas. I assume they had to go to different towns to film these Christmas trees <laughs> or maybe they filmed it like you put up the fake snow again. The important thing actually to learn from Christmas movies is being the company that makes fake snow. It's not mm. just about ski resorts anymore. They need this. It's it's a gold mine. Kevin, you and I, that's what we're doing. Twenty twenty four. 16 years of, of profitable business before it all ends. So overall, this film does exactly what it's supposed to do. So if we do the old Roger Ebert film, did this film set out to do what it's supposed to do? Yeah, mm -hmm. it does. Yeah. Did this film, this film was an actual film length as opposed to Best Christmas Ever, which was 70 something minutes, maybe yeah, it was, almost it was 80. 81 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, this, this film is, is over 90 minutes. This is more the traditional Christmas film that people have come to know. So if that's what you're looking for and you haven't seen it yet, this is, this would pretty much do it. Yeah, Best everybody Christmas was stuff. really likable. Like yeah. I like, no I liked villains. all the characters, yeah. even though I'm making fun of some of them more than others. Well, but, but I, I liked them. And the only problem was, is that they were at the, the mercy of the plot, needing them to not communicate. Yeah, They're, these were not decisions by characters. This was decision yeah. by plot. That's kind of how these things work. But yeah. it was, it was yeah. more evident here. 
Next week on Never Say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. We're doing Snowman's, which, Kevin, you have seen once before, way back in the day. Yeah, I don't 100% remember details, but I just know the overall story is this woman, every year at Christmas, she makes a snowman and decorates him like it would be a boyfriend to her. And she makes a wish that she could find a guy that encapsulates all that this snowman encapsulates in her mind. <laughs> so nudity in a scarf? Yeah. Yeah. Eyes that don't look directly at her in the face. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would like that every year she's making the snowman, she's going to get more and more particular. I need blue coal for the eyes. Blue. <laughs> he wouldn't wear this. Don't yeah. Does he have to together? keep up with the fashion? I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Does he go through like a plaid phase? Does he go through like a baggy pants phase? Is yes. there, you know, the hoodie wrapped around, you know, the plaid shirt wrapped yeah. around the plaid shirt, you know? <laughs> the snowman was into grunge. <laughs> there was just that period in 94 where it had a look and it kept with it. <laughs> Who knows? We do know that if you look up snowmans, by the way, it will be showing on Freebie and Peacock. But if you look up snowmans, the first thing Google will tell you is Le Fiancé de Glace which I really apologize for the French pronunciation there. It was perfect. I, I, I nailed that. Yeah. I know. If anyone remembers the uh, when Peter Gabriel do Games of Our Frontiers and he spoke French, I got that level of French, which oh. is just yes. awesome. I mean, I don't remember any of that, but I agree that you, it's, you do. You did it's do not that. a compliment to myself, but I'm really proud of how <laughs> I screwed that up in my own way. And stay tuned for your York Peppermint Patty commercial as you watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. Nowhere except on Apple TV, apparently. So now we got a sponsor, Apple TV and Zinis. 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 Everything you can need. Just depends which day you show up. Don't come in with a specific appetite. <laughs> That's all we can tell people. And remember, get there early. There's one table. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye. Bye.